The late to the party crew have gathered in a galaxy far, far away to watch the 20 essential episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Join us on our spoiler-filled journey over the next 10 hours of the much-beloved television series. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our late to the party rewatch of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the 20 essential episodes as released by Disney Plus. My name is James, and I am joined in studio as always by Matt. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was for, for a second, I was worried you might be someone else, and then I was going to be terrified. That'd be kind of scary. It's a twist. So, this week we are watching uh, four episodes that are in uh, pretty much. Not order, but like they're clearly the an arc. The same arc, yeah. Yeah. So it's season five, episode one, we'll start with, which is Revival. Um, the official description where this episode is Darth Maul and Savage Opress spread chaos as they descend on the Outer Rim after securing their, uh, each other, blah, 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 something about them forming their, starting to form their army. Army, yes. Yeah, and uh, this was a fun one, I know, for me. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you got the same giddiness out of it. I'm just going to go right to it. This set of episodes, I mean, we're getting close to the end of like the essential episodes, but now I think like when we're nearing the end, I think like things have definitely picked up, and I, I liked all of these episodes. Everything really everything we watched much. in this one was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, stellar. Like, I I'm, I'm want to almost just like watch all of season five. Everything about this, they've looked great. They've sounded great. They're... They're just full of oomph, you know? They've just got so much going on. And the funny thing is, it's really technically part of the Clone Wars. It's like, it's it's even brought up as a plot point. Like, this is separate from the war completely. Like, uh, Darth Maul and Savage Opress, like, they're not officially part of the war. Like, the Separatists betrayed them. And so, like, they're on their own, but, like, they're creating their own thing. And so then we kind of see like the jedi bureaucracy in action is like well we can't really do anything because it's not really involving the war they're they're clearly taking advantage of the wartime environment right the fact that mandalore is neutral the fact that you know obi-wan has this connection here um you know that we kind of see the end of their connection to the separatists in episode one here revival right when right. obi-wan and jedi whose name i did not know and she died really fast so yeah. i really didn't even get to remember i mean maybe she was important from last season but Honestly, we didn't watch it i mean like I'm, she looked familiar there were a couple people that it could have been i um, think i think her name is gala adigalia yeah, yeah there you she go. was um I think she showed up in episode one. She was a member of the Jedi Council. Yeah. So it's like she was like a she was a, a known Jedi. She just well, wasn't an unknown. But she now gets she's oppressed dead. by she... savage oppressed. Let me tell you. <laughs> wow, boo. Oh, uh, this one was really fun for me though because of Hondo. Yes, we see Hondo. I and, had yeah. I just I had no idea he was a Clone Wars character. I think I recall seeing somewhere that he was a returning character. Like when I, when I first saw him in Rebels, but I really didn't understand, like really get like what his role was and like how he was involved in like the Star Wars universe. So it was really cool to see him show up. Still, kind of the same personality, very like a little bit. I feel like he's maybe a little more. He's a bit more rougher, like yeah, tougher. He's, yeah, he's a little less. Oh, your old friend Hondo. He's more like this is my empire. Yeah. Step off, you know. Um, 
Yeah, it was really exciting getting to see Maul and Savage. I, I kind of felt a little bad jumping back into them first on this, because assumably, I guess, in the end of season four, they're coming off of this whole loss of the Separatist thing, because I feel like they feel a little less cool, right? Mm. Remember the last time we saw them, they just had come back, essentially, right? right? Maul's come back to life, and you know they're like, oh, we're laying our plans. And clearly here, we're seeing that their plans failed, Um you know, and they get pretty beaten, right, by Kenobi once he's wielding the dual lightsabers. He takes off Opress's arm. Yep. You know, he damages Darth Maul's legs. And they're kind of left to, you know, eject themselves into space next to dead. Right. Um. You know, and I, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to jump into the, the rest of it, right? Yeah. Uh. Let's go. Let's go in because, like, this arc is... So the next episode yeah. is... Eminence and uh, Maul and company get picked up by Pre Vizsla. Mm-hmm. That's his name. Of the Death leader, Watch. Leader of the Death Watch. And I'm I'm back in. The, I'm going to say if any of these episodes sold me, right, it was the first time we went to La- Mandalore. So anything more to do with the Mandalorians, I am excited. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to see like the, all the Mandalorian stuff go on. Interesting to see. So like the clash of cultures between like the peace loving like proper Mandalore, but like then there's also the purest Mandalorians that are like the warrior cast. Um, I know one tiny bit that I found was interesting was like I think in one, I think in one of the earlier episodes you actually see Pre Vizsla's camp of of like the pure Mandalorians and that on and like the layout and the design. Uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and I'll say it was intentional, but it reminded me of actually a Knights of the Old Republic two. Hmm. Where you at, or you meet a Mandalorian group, like a warrior group, and you go to their camp, and it was very similar layout, very similar look to what we see in the Clone Wars cartoon. So it, I think I'd say it was a definite connection. So I think that was a really cool thing. Absolutely. Me. I mean, and that's what I think of when I think of Mandalorians, right? That camp we were walking through and everything. Um, I like I like the stuff we got with Maul and Oppress and Vizsla. There, I like that Maul is now not normal sized, uh, but I don't know. I liked the foreshadowing when you get Maul and Oppress back together again, and you see Oppress kind of standing over Maul, but mm. Maul just seems so much more intimidating, clearly as if there's going to be some conflict there, you know, in the future. Mm. Um, I really liked um, anything about Maul collecting his army. I mean, I was, yeah. I'm like, whoa. This guy's a badass right now. <laughs> it was really cool to see some like the underworld aspect. Oh, of, yeah. uh, Star Wars expanded. A lot of it I re- I remember seeing from like the old expanded universe. So it was neat to see it like uh, reintegrated here. Uh, it was interesting to see that Black Sun. That's what I was going to say. I don't know a lot about yes. Black Sun. Black Sun, and this is very interesting. Uh, interesting. Like that was I think first came up in the novel Shadows of the Empire back in like the nineties. Uh, full disclosure, Shadows of the Empire was a terrible book. It was very, <laughs> it was it was a very um ambitious project by Lucasfilm. Like they did had a comic book series. They had the Nintendo sixty four video game. They had the novel. They had a toy line. They even did like a soundtrack for it. But the story was just so bad. And the main antagonist, Prince Zizor, who was like a Falene, which is like one of, which was one of those green-skinned, ponytailed aliens that we see in this episode. Like, um, he was a horrible, very, like, disgusting, like, bad, bad, like, disgusting, like, ew, gross. Not like, like, horror ew, but, like, 
sexual harassment you. Ew, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Clearly, like, product of his time. Yeah, not, and so... Not I, gonna want to revisit him, sort of, ew. Yeah, so when I first saw the Pauline, like, running Black Sun, I was like, oh, no. Here, But I think they kind of kind of made mean, it their own thing. Maybe metaphorically and, like, physically. They yes. got that whole council and just the whole, like, throw <gasps> yeah, of the double-sided lightsaber. Just takes off all incredibly brutal death in this show. I gasp. And, like, I shouldn't at this point, right? Yeah, because, like, we've had so many, and, like, you know the show isn't, like, holding back any punches with this kind of thing, but it still gets to you, because, reminder, still a kid's show. It gets me every time. So, we um, we get the Black Sun, they take on Jabba and yeah. the Bounty Hunters, which was really cool. Um, we get to see them fight off a bunch of Bounty Hunters in that initial meeting, and then they go to Jabba's palace, and Jabba's like, hey, so we've considered your offer, and we'll uh, gladly work with we'll you. Gladly work yeah. with you. Um, that was a lot of fun, uh, and it had a nice couple of nice cameos and, and bits to it. Um, obviously, going to Tatooine in Jabba's mm-hmm. palace um, was a lot of fun, um, and I like that it ends with um, you know the foreshadow. Obviously, um, you know uh, Vizsla is uh, kind of along for the ride but not necessarily going to let Maul stay in charge, or at least that's in- his intent. Yeah, which right? I kind of like because it would be kind of silly if ev- everybody decided to just trust each other. They know they're all going to backstab each other, well, it, and not, it's cool to see that. Not like, just that. like Maul's kind of coming in and leading here like by power, and while obviously the Mandalorians respect power, for them this is a, a kind of a battle of honor to retake their home. Right. You know, they don't want to rule a criminal underworld enterprise. That's not what Vizsla is about. Mm. Um, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so jumping in then to Shades of Reason, uh, which is, I guess, the second half of their plot. Um, they go through, they attack Mandalore, you know, in a really interesting way. Yeah, right? not like traditionally attacked but it's just really through deception where they have the criminals uh can create a bunch of crimes and then the death watch come in as saviors right and then once previsla has eyes on him he starts spouting is this is what the mandalorian people should be this is our culture etc etc which is see and see how well it worked yeah. for defense we were able to protect ourselves this way you know he, some interesting parallels to real life well it it feels like it rings true in that scenario you know you had this pacifist government who wasn't prepared you know for a, a combat scenario an attack on their own home world you know I, I can see why the people of mandalore are so quickly overtaken by it mm. um you know, but obviously it's all a lie um, <laughs> because it is, you know, they capture Maul and oppress and he's like, you know, well, you're going to stay here in prison. And Maul's like, that's not going to happen. And they break themselves out and they challenge, challenge. him in a traditional Mandalorian duel for that fight was so good. It's so cool. We get to see the um, Maul and him, the the you know the, yeah the dark saber. That's it. Yeah, that. the dark saber and the red lightsaber go up head to head. It's so cool. And then another brutal, brutal death. death. <laughs> wow, yeah. this show again. Like I said, it just isn't pulling any punches. Right? They he assumably beheads Vizsla right there mm-hmm. in front of everyone, and then sends his new patsy out to say that. You know, Vizsla was murdered by the old government mm-hmm. and that, you know, now he they're in charge. But the strings are obviously being pulled by Maul. One thing I we haven't mentioned yet, but who has been kind of playing a 
sort of big role in all this um, is Bo-Katan, who you might remember from Rebels. Yep. As one as a, like one of the Mandalorian. I've I feel like they must have mentioned in Rebels that she was originally part of the Death Watch, but mm. I, I was honestly surprised when she showed up. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I it must have slipped my mind. I know, I recognized her as a Mandalorian, but I didn't realize she was affiliated with them. And then you find out uh, eventually that she's the sister of Satine. Well, that was a huge reveal. And but- like right after Obi Wan, like comes to Mandalore, try to save Satine, and but you find out it's a trap, and not just to kill Obi Wan, but kind of like really make him suffer by killing Satine in front of him. Oh, that, like I said, every time, like this was definitely a punch I thought they, were, they weren't going to pull. Yeah, I was f- fully expecting, like, nah, they're not going to go through this. Oh my God, they actually went through with it. But yeah, the, you know, with the Darksaber and all, Maul kills Satine in front of Obi-Wan after luring him in by letting Satine escape to get the call out to him, right? And obviously, as we mentioned earlier, you know, the Jedi are like, we can't, um, you know, we can't get involved in this. And Obi-Wan's obviously going to go. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think the visuals in, um, you know, I, and I think we're now we're deep into the lawless. Mm. Um, the visuals in this episode are my favorite, right? They're, um, um, you know, they're in they're in full out a fight, right? right. Between the rebels and these Death Watch and Obi-Wan's... Um, you know, just come out to rescue and he's standing there in the Mandalorian armor, right? And he's got the lightsaber and everything's just falling apart around yeah. him. And I'm like, this is a shot from a movie. This whole past three episodes, you know, like if this were the the Clone Wars movie that aired, everyone would have been raving about it. Yeah. Like it's so good and it's so visual and it feels just so intentional on so many levels. Um but then the whole like second half of this episode is even more crazy. Because Palpatine gets yeah, involved. Yeah, Palpatine senses Darth Maul, um, presumably because like now that Maul and Press are kind of like in the open in a sense. Yeah, not yeah. just that. Like I feel like they're, for a lack of an overused term, they feel like they're at the height of they're, their powers. Yep. You know, they're on the top. They're winning. They've committed a bunch of atrocities to the Force, right? They've killed a lot of people. They've taken out a lot of people who are close to the Force. And they've taken, you know, they've taken Obi-Wan captive, right? right. Another sort of Force kind of sensitive thing. Uh, and he's like, yeah, going to put an end to that. Yeah, and Palpatine picks him up and then travels to uh, Mandalore and kind of curb stomps them both. That fight is incredible. Yeah, I mean, like... Two on one, just all out brutal. You see Palpatine sheave it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you kind of, like, everybody jokes about how in Revenge of the Sith, when Palpatine starts fighting with a lightsaber, how, like, weird it looks. But, like, now in this episode, like, he's, like, scary. You know, and we've said it a couple of times here, but this show seems like it's doing so much for the prequel era Mm. that makes me, like, really interested if I were to watch this show in full and then go back and watch, like, say, you know, The Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith if I'd feel more passion towards these characters or more excitement towards these moments that feel maybe silly on their own. But because, you know, this... 
this show has done a lot to make the characters feel more threatening or to have more depth or to bring more nuance to their stories, you know, that maybe they're, um, that would add to the movies in a way that, you know, I haven't had the, you know, when watching them since I was a kid. Yeah. It's really funny because this is all post movies. Like they all came up with this stuff, or at least most of this stuff, like long after the movies were out. So I feel like that's kind of like a big accomplishment to take something that was already made and figure out, okay, how are we going to make things work for lack of the better terms or make things, uh, how do we get something out of something that people already know? And I mean, a lot of credit to uh, Filoni, Lucas and the rest of the uh, rest of the Clone Wars team to create a compelling story for what you already know the ending to. Like, you know what's going to happen, but you like through this, like watch along, I'm still hooked and I want to see what happens, like not just because I want to see what ha- like what the result is, but I kind of see like what the journey is, like how how it got came to be. So um, I'm so I'm so glad I'm, we're watching this, James, because this is so good. This is so good, and we have what four more episodes. We do, which, and it's closing it, out this arc. It seems the, to yeah. be, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna finish out this right. So we end. Um, we end on a little bit of a, a cliffhanger, right? Um, you know that uh, Sidious has them, and he's he's torturing he's torturing them because uh, what was it? Maul won't kill his brother. No, right? like um, S- uh, Sidious kills Savage, and then but then like then and, and funnily enough, Maul actually seems very pained at seeing his brother's death, which is odd because before you kind of tell like. Maul was trying to be like the alpha, the master of the duo, but you, but like you kind of can see he had kind of cared for his brother. Well, and, yeah, and they give a little hint at that when he's like, you know, you're Sith, and he's like, no, we're brothers. You know, like clearly their connection's a little deeper, even yeah. though there's obviously some conflict there. But yeah, but like, like Palpatine says, um, I have uses for you, so who knows what's going to happen with Maul and Palpatine now. Um, and then Obi-Wan uh, presumably heads back to the Coruscant to let people know about what's, what's, happened, going, what's happening and what's transpired and see here. what's going to see if I guess they'll take action. And, uh, and then we have the Mandalorians, um, which I guess now led by Bo-Katan, um, kind of see like how she becomes a person in power. Yeah, like, like, well, and we can see why, like, and we rebels. can see how, yeah, Mandalore becomes more like the place we're used to in Rebels, which is yep. more more like the, um, you know, the Death Watch, right. which is crazy, because it's, it's not like, you know, I don't want to say it's like evil one here, yeah. but it's not, it's, it's not like the good guys one either. Like, yeah. nobody really walks out of this great. Yeah, because... Yeah, when we see the Mandalorians and Rebels, it's almost kind of like a hybrid between like the Death Watch culture, like the warrior culture, but also there's, there's they do want peace, um, in a sense. Like when we meet Sabine and her family and her clan, I don't think like they're not really a war mongering uh, Mandalorian clan. So there seems to be something that happens. Presumably, we'll see it in these last four episodes um, that we find out what Mandalorian is about. And who knows if we get some kind of hint to see like what the heck's going on with the Mandalorian, like how like we have those kind of clans. So, and I'll, I'll do a little tease. So we're actually, we're entering into the last arc here, 
for this. And I don't know if we go back to Mandalore because the last four episodes of this arc are probably the most famous in all of Clone Wars. Really? This is the the arc that frames um, Ahsoka and I think ends with oh. her leaving the Jedi Order, which is how the original series ended because after this, Disney buys uh, Star Wars and then they pull the show from Cartoon Network, effectively canceling it. Right. Right, until much later it would be revived on Netflix. Um, and we don't have any of season six or anything on this essential list. Right. So um, I was, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I'm so glad you guys are listening along. I hope you guys are watching along, uh, being as hyped as we are for the Clone Wars. Yeah, this show um, got good yeah, real fast. I mean, we've only watched a few episodes of it, and the the later into the seasons you go, the higher the value of production, storytelling, and everything comes across. I think this list was very well curated, yeah. and uh, I highly recommend it for anybody that's trying to... To catch up or get in or just just feeling like, oh, I'm not sure. I watched the series the first time and I wasn't quite into it. This this list sells it. And we still have four more, so we do. Buckle up. (laughs) Yep. Join us next time, guys, and thanks a lot. Thank you. See you later. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.